This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Alma of Vibio. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With ASB Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at asbcash.com for more details. First of all today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. Performer Mia Malkova and producer Eli Tucker have announced their purchase of the landmark Portland, Oregon property, Blackberry Castle, which they'll rebrand as an exclusive content castle for collaborating with top creators around the world. The purchase of the building, which had been listed at $7 million, but reportedly sold for slightly more than half that price, was completed in December as a partnership between Malkova, Tucker, and another investor. We love this castle because of its crazy themes, Malkova said. I'm kind of geeky, so an eccentric fantasy-like castle fit my personality perfectly. Malkova expressed elation at the new challenge. We hope to continue renovations to make the castle like an adult Disneyland, to give viewers and visitors a one-of-a-kind experience, she added. Rooms include a private movie theater with an eight-and-a-half-foot-long projector screen modeled after a vintage movie theater in Buenos Aires, Argentina, featuring a marquee and curtains that are under a ceiling with a blue-painted sky. A ceiling clock, dial, and compass billed as the West Coast's largest clock, which hovers over the two-story circular library inside one of the castle's turrets. One of the bathrooms, which has a Roman spa theme with columns, jetted into a a tub and sauna. The sale included furnishings and fantasy elements, such as life-size suits of knight's armor, standing guard inside illuminated alcoves near the grand stairs. Malkova mentioned that she intends to pose as Rapunzel on one of the wrought iron uh, Juliet balconies, her 30-foot-long blonde wig dangling down the side of the stone facade. Falcon Naked Sword is celebrating four wins from the 2021 XBiz Awards, including Gay Sight of the Year for FalconStudios.com, Gay Movie of the Year for A Murdered Heart from Naked Sword Originals, and Gay Performer of the Year for studio-exclusive Max Connor. The Falcon wins arrive as the iconic studio prepares to celebrate its 50th anniversary later this year. Naked Sword Originals continued its streak of Gay Movie of the Year wins with A Murdered Heart taking home the 2021 prize, a rep said. The powerful and dramatic gay porn focusing on conversion therapy and ultimately proving that love and human desire conquer all was conceived and directed by Mark McNamara, who received the Gay Director of the Year Award for his efforts. Connor, said the rep, is dynamic and charming and a stunning top who delivers energized performances every time he steps in front of a camera. 
Company President Tim Valenti, who is next week's guest here on Adult Site Broker Talk, expressed gratitude for the recognition. We always strive for excellence at Falcon Naked Sword and to be honored for our commitment to delivering the most engaging, hot, and top-quality gay porn is truly humbling. Thank you, XBiz, for this amazing recognition of that dedication, he said. I'm grateful to all our employees as well as the artists, performers, and contractors we work with who share our commitment to excellence, noted Valenti. Congratulations to Max Connor for your well-deserved Performer of the Year award. We're going to keep doing great things together. Rocco Safridi and Lisa Ann are the stars of a series of mainstream Turkish commercials and educational spots sponsored by condom brand Durex Chill. The videos, which can also be seen on Durex Turkey YouTube channel, use the international adult stars as spokespeople to emphasize a message that commercial porn is a performance and not necessarily what people can expect from sex in their personal lives. In one of the spots, Sifridi, dressed as a plumber in a stereotypical porn scenario, talks about how he doesn't really plumb and that the sex that ensues is equally performative. I've made a lot of commercials during my life everywhere, Sifridi said, and this was one of the best. First of all, it's an Islamic country, and they called Lisa Ann and I to do this kind of educational promotion. It's incredible. I was expecting Italy, France, or Germany to come calling with this kind of project. I was not expecting Turkey. That shows me that prejudice doesn't work in this world. Adult social network Smutify.com has launched a new podcast, Smutty Talks. Smutty Talks is described by the company as a way of promoting performers, models, directors, producers, designers, manufacturers, and the industry as a whole. Past Adult Site Broker Talk guest and Smutify CEO Mike Pinto announced the first guest is Coralyn Jewell, performer, director, talent manager, model, podcast host, and author. The virtual talk show can be seen on Smutify.com and will soon be made available on all major podcast networks. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We've just listed five amazing adult domains for sale at adultsitebroker.com. Any of these domains can be used to build a very successful and brandable website. The domains are sexo.com and pornflix.com, listed at $5 million each, ass.com, listed at $4.25 million, stud.com, listed at $2.95 million, and stripcam.com for only $695,000. For more information, contact us at adultsitebroker.com. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Alma of Vibio. Alma, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thanks for having me, Bruce. It's a pleasure. Now, Alma is a sex tech entrepreneur, try saying that three times, and she's the co-founder of Vibio, who is just currently challenging the approach to female sexuality through innovative sex toys. Vibio is a feminist sex toy brand making app-controlled vibrators to increase people's sexual well-being. The company is run by childhood friends Alma and Patricia. It's probably how you pronounce it in Spain. Uh, Vibio is about to launch their first toy, Frida. 
I love the name. A feminist wearable <laughs> in January 2021, next month. That's fantastic. Or actually, this will probably drop in January, so we'll say this month. So, Alma, why did Patricia and yourself start the company? We'll start there. Well, as you mentioned, Patricia and I have known each other for over 20 years. Mm. And while growing up, we realized that sex, as amazing as it is, it's still quite a taboo and something that people feel embarrassment mm -hmm. and discomfort when it comes to talking about it. Mm -hmm. So we thought that um, creating a brand of sex toys that people are already familiar with it and combining it with technology to use the technology to encourage them to explore more and discover mm -hmm. about their pleasure could be a great way to tackle that problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you said uh, you know Patricia from your childhood. How did you originally meet? And uh, why are you guys the best team to lead this brand? <laughs> yeah. So we met when we were three years old, back in preschool. Oh, my God. It's not that we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were together in the same class mm -hmm. from three years old till we were 18. Wow. So we literally like, yeah, discovered ourselves while yeah. being friends. Yeah. And yeah, I started playing around with the idea of creating a sex tech startup. Um, mm -hmm. Probably like a year after I got my first two or three app controlled vibrators. Hmm. Um, I wasn't particularly blown away <laughs> by what was out there in the market. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a lot of different ideas of how we could come up with something better. Yeah. And yeah, I just literally had a chat over lunch with her uh, mm -hmm. about all of my plans. And she, I think one month after, quit her job mm -hmm. and came to London to work on it with me. Interesting. So obviously, yeah, seeing her passion and also um, knowing that she's such um, a sex advocate. I knew that she would pull through with all of the challenges and really, you know, help me to make this work. Isn't everybody a sex advocate? I mean, I advocate sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely we are, and that's why we're here. But no, I don't think that everyone is. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take your word for it. You know, I'm just kind of picturing you, you two having lunch, and there's like a couple of, you know, 80-year-old ladies at the next table overhearing you guys talking. I hope nobody I hope nobody choked on their on their salad. <laughs> I'm sure we've made a lot of people choke uh, having lunch before because now we always bring a vibrator to the table. So <laughs> Oh God. I oh God, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and see a couple of old ladies sitting next to you and going, Oh, look at those two. They've got They've got a sex toy on the table. I wonder what they're doing. So anyway, <laughs> so now how is your brand different? You, now you said you weren't impressed with app controlled uh, sex toys that you have. You must have quite a drawer, by the way. Um, how is your brand yeah. different from other app controlled sex toy brands out there? Well, to start with, um, we started by the smaller problems which was solving uh, technology issues mm -hmm. and connectivity problems that's something that we've heard 
practically all consumers of app control sex toys talk about yeah. that the connection drops a lot. Oh, geez. So we implemented the um, newest Bluetooth technology to catch up a little bit with the um, tech market. Mm-hmm. And then we started creating a brand that was more than sex toys. So, for example, we educate our consumers on sex mm-hmm. through social media, our community, etc. And we plan to digitalize all of that content through our app. Because we think that in the end, our pleasure is a lot more than masturbation or the act of sex. It's also how we feel about our sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That's that's really cool. Um, so, I mean, so you feel like you've you've kind of solved that connectivity problem? Because, yeah, I can imagine using a using a sex toy and then all of a sudden it stops. I would kind of piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've definitely um, better in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we cannot reinvent Bluetooth. Right. But for example, we've added um, some features, like if the connectivity drops, it automatically reconnects. Mm. So you don't have to be pressing the buttons again, or if mm. you don't have the phone right now in your hands, you yeah. just literally have to do nothing. Mm. It will do it all on its own. So. Oh, that's neat. That's really yeah. neat. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is way better. Yeah, that is quite an inno- innovation plan to be copied. Um, which is obviously the ultimate compliment. Now, why did you <laughs> decide to make a wearable toy first versus other products? Basically, it was playing with the fact that a wearable it's a lot more empowering. You're literally owning the fact that you can have sex anywhere. Mm. And breaks with the traditional notion that, um, you know, sex is meant to be in the bedroom, on the bed, and in a couple of certain positions. Yeah. So um, if someone is looking to spice up their sex life, I think the way to go is just taking sex wherever you want to take it. Mm. And a wearable helps you to do that. Okay. Okay, I hope it isn't uh, isn't too catastrophic in terms of uh, auto accidents. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's up to them. <laughs> yeah, you better have a nice waiver on there. I hope you got a good attorney. Now, um, how did you design and test Frida? We actually have a big community of women based right now, mainly in London and Barcelona which is where Patrick and I used to live. Mm-hmm. And how we started was just, we printed different types of um, 3D prints mm-hmm. of the designs that we had made with different sizes, lengths, uh, width. And we invited them over to our flats mm. to have like a wine tasting session and try out all of the different 3D prints. Perfect. And we did that for about six months Mm. until we got to the conclusion of what was the favorite one. Mm. Um, We tested it with women from 18 to 65, I think was our oldest tester. Jeez. Uh, Yeah, it was a great experience. And from then, we moved on to the vibrating prototype and, and we repeated the same process. Hmm. But this time in their own houses, not in our. Flat. I was I was gonna say I was gonna say I was hope I was hoping you didn't all do it there right in your flat. That's a, there's a visual there. No, 
No, no. The first one didn't vibrate, so it was a lot more, yeah, sensible to do it in our flat, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you can pass it from person to person. So they tested it in their flats, and then what happened? And then we moved on to, um, to running a Kickstarter campaign. So that's mm. how we got to market, essentially, this year, once we were happy with the um, prototype. And, yeah, we made it. We raised over 30K to move on to production. Nice. And develop the app. So, yeah. Happy about that. That's fantastic. Now, Frida, you told me Frida used to be called Ella, right? Now, that seems like a perfectly good name, Ella. I I like Frida, but Ella, those are both good. Why did you change the name? Our main focus was that we wanted to have a name that meant something. So Ella is ella in Spanish, and Mm -hmm. it means she. And that's why it was originally our name. But we, in the past couple of years, we've seen larger companies um, and release other vibrators called Ella. Ah. And as a small company, we cannot compete with, you know, in terms of SEO or distribution agreements. So it was a tough decision, but we came to the conclusion that we had to just let it go and look for another name. Yeah. And, well, the, well, the other thing is you got to worry about uh, copyright infringement too. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think they were copyrighted because it's, from different companies. Hmm. So I know Spacom has an Ella and L- Lilo has an Ella as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was mainly the fact that, yeah, right now we're too small to go against the giants in the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, not yet. Not yet. So not yet. <laughs> what you might want to think about doing is copywriting Frida. Um, if you haven't thought about that yeah. already, then yeah, you know, for then, sure. Okay, then you don't have to worry about else anyone else having a freedom. And if they do, you can sue them. I come from California, so I, that's how I get all those crazy thoughts. Um, <laughs> you know, I got a good joke for you. You know, uh, you know, California uh, has a lot of lawyers, right? You probably heard that. Yeah. Okay, and you know, New Jersey has a lot of toxic waste dumps. Yeah. You know why? No. New Jersey had first choice. So, um, you can laugh later. I know it's off to you got to translate it <laughs> okay. in your mind. So, I'll save that. okay. So, how important is the community aspect for your brand? I would say that our community is in the heart of everything that we do. Hmm. Um, they decided on our logo. When we had to change the name of Ella to become Frida, it was actually our community who chose it. Mm. So one of our followers came up with it, came up with it, and we loved the idea of naming our sex toys after feminist icons. Nice. So we actually plan to continue to do that. Good. And yeah, they helped with the design, the color of our toy, and the content that we put in social media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously, Patricia and I don't think that we represent all of the women out there. And mm-hmm. we use their input as much as possible to be um, as inclusive as possible. That's good. That's good. Now, are you going to are you going to plan to continue to go back to uh, to focus groups and talk to them about new designs and the like? Yeah, for sure. 
Okay. We have an online community called the Vibe Gang that yeah, I encourage everyone to join. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're men or women. We plan to have male toys as well. Mm, very good. Well, you should. So, There's yeah. lots of them. Exactly. So what are the main challenges you face so far as a new company? I'd say that the sex industry comes with a lot of challenges. Uh, it took us two months to open a bank account just to start with. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. And then all of the payment providers have a lot of different requirements. It's mm-hmm. also expensive mm-hmm. to have a payment requirement and deals with sex. Mm. Yep. And then more on the business aspect, um, raising investment, having a sex day company, it's um, yeah, it's a nightmare. So I hope that changes over time when they see the potential of our industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've got a, I know someone who's who's doing a, a financial services uh, company. Oh, I think you know him too. You're, you're, the, you're the guy that I got him from. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason, so I, I, I think that'll be taken care of soon, which is a good thing. I'm sure you know about it. So, yeah, um, any, uh, challenges being women, uh, in starting a business, uh, in, in this industry or overall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Talk Especially about because, it. Yeah. I guess the majority holding the power is male. Yeah. And when you have a sex toy company that does, for the time being, sex toys for women, sometimes you pitch something that they cannot relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's hard because then the conversation turns into, okay, how I feel about it. And then it gets a bit weird because it's like, oh, do you try your own sex toys? And uh, does it feel good and blah, blah, blah. And it's just a conversation that deviates the focus on what we do versus me as a woman, mm-hmm. like using a sex toy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think there's some judgment there on the part of some men. And, and then the other part of it is, how can a guy relate to a woman using a vibrator if he's not a woman and he's not a woman who's used a vibrator? Yeah. And many of them ha- like haven't used any sex toys at all. Sure. I think there is a big stigma um, around men using sex toys. Mm-hmm. Like, as in compromise their masculinity or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they are in relationships, not everyone is happy for their women to use sex toys too. You know, that's very true. That's very, that's very, very true. Um. And in Spain, it's still a pretty macho society, isn't it? For sure, yeah. And I'd say that contributed to us wanting to make this type of company. Yeah. Because here, it is a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so how does the app uh, connection work? Talk a little bit about that. Well, it's um, to the main phone. So whoever owns the sex toy, it's a uh, Bluetooth connectivity mm-hmm. so we have a chip in the vibrator that, that connects within a certain range to the phone and mm-hmm. then we also enable long distance connection to any partners around mm-hmm. the world nice and that works over over the internet um now 
Obviously, this is a question that people would have. How secure is the app? Uh, does someone have to worry about being hacked? Because the reason I ask this is that I've, I've heard horror stories about sex toys being hacked before, and now you've got some stranger uh, who's controlling your sex toy, and God knows what they're going to do, oh, especially a wearable one. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that too, and it's super freaky. <laughs> but um, all of our app is encrypted, and we've built a robust uh, back end to secure it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're also in touch with a uh, hacker organization mm-hmm. that basically um, makes sex toy, well, they don't make it, they offer sex toy companies to sign um, like an agreement protecting mm-hmm. consumer data and mm-hmm. around consumer, like company behavior towards consumers. Mm-hmm. And then if you're happy with their terms, which are pretty basic, like I would love to have that as a consumer, so we don't mind that. Mm. They hack your sex toy to find any flaws in the system Mm. and they produce reports. Um, Yeah, with all of the potential compromises in the security and they do it regularly. So that's super cool. You know, if if you want to... If you want to learn how to secure your home, hire a thief. If you want to learn how to secure your device, hire a hacker. That's what I've always said. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to, if I want to get security for my home, I get I get like the lowest life thief over and go, okay, how would you break in? And then you yeah. se- then you secure <laughs> it. So, um, uh, do you have any future plans for the app beyond controlling Frida? I know you mentioned men's sex toys, and I'm sure you probably got some more planned for women as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we plan to have a range of toys, but beyond that, we also want to, um, I think I may have mentioned it in the beginning, but digitalize some of the content that we're putting publicly mm-hmm. in social media to the app so that our consumers have like their sexual wellness needs covered all in one place. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, I mean, what all's going to be included in that uh, in that uh, that community uh, relationship? In terms of uh, our app. Yeah, yeah. Device? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, the community, I- the app. I mean, obviously, the app is is going to pull together the community. So um, we actually want to gamify part of the app. Mm. So launch uh, challenges that people can subscribe to mm-hmm. and either do them on their own or add partners to mm-hmm. do it with them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll make it public, the only the amount of people, not who's taking part in that challenge, but how many people mm-hmm. are taking a part in the challenge mm-hmm. so that people get visibility of you know that it, enrolling or participating in, in sexual activities is completely normal and it's actually fun and there yeah. are thousands of people around the world doing it too so why sure. not there's millions of people involved in sex around the world i think that's very safe to say so so yeah. what did you I, what did you What did you do before you decided to become a uh, a sex tech uh, entrepreneur? Well, I've been working for startups 
yeah. uh, for the past five, six years. Okay. Um, I've never really been attracted to the corporate world of or anything. Hmm. <laughs> I've always enjoyed like the, the fast changing environments of small business units and how to make them grow. Mm-hmm. What type? Um, Go ahead. What type? Yeah, all tech startups actually. Mm-hmm. So my first job was in Deliveroo. And I was one of the first people to be hired in the Barcelona office. Okay. So I literally got to see how um, two to three people team became like a 100 team, if we count all of the writers and people involved in the company. Hmm. And yeah, that got me completely hooked Hmm. to the startup world. And I just continued to do so. And I moved to London to... Because I knew that I would eventually build my own project, mm-hmm. and it's like the place to be, I guess, in Europe. Mm-hmm. What else? What else have you? What other types of companies have you been with? I worked in an affiliate marketing company as well, mm. which right now proves to be quite valuable. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have to do some uh, affiliate marketing, so it's good yes. that I'm familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And when I was in London, I worked for an EdTech startup. Mm-hmm. Then, then yeah, that was a bit more random. It, they did all of the tech infrastructure mm-hmm. for corporations to onboard and train their their staff. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, I've done business development for all of them. Mm-hmm. So I was basically working in sales and strategy um, throughout all of this time, just for different projects. How, how old are you, by the way? I'm 25 right now. Wow. Yeah, I got the impression from the timeline you were you were uh you were young. That's that's stunning. 25 years old and you're and you're starting your own thing. I tell you, I can yeah. always tell I can always tell young people that are going to be very successful. And uh it's pretty obvious I'm talking to one. So, how can so how can people join your movement? Well, they can follow us in social media. Our handle is at Vibio Toys. Okay. So, by the way, our company name is Vibio. I forgot to say that. Many yes. people call it V. <laughs> spell, spell, Vibio. spell the name of the company for everyone. Yeah, so it's V I B I O. Okay, V I B I O. Very good. And then in our website, we have the link to join join our online community, the Vibe Gang. Mm-hmm. And our website is Vibeo Store. So V-I-B-I-O-S-T-O-R-E.com. Somebody owned Vibeo.com? Um, well, the last time I checked, it was like 18K to buy the domain. So... Yeah, your problems. You need a good you need a good broker to find that for you. Hmm. Let me see if I can think. Let me see if I can think of anybody. Oh, us. Yeah, we'll talk. (laughs) Okay. You. I don't usually take deals that small, but I'll help you. How about that? (laughs) Sounds awesome. Okay, my dear. Well, hey, I Alma, I'd really like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again real soon when you have a major anou- another major announcement. Amazing. Then looking forward to it. Okay, thank you very much. My broker tip today is part five of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. 
When you decide to sell your website, make sure you have the following information available for potential buyers. Detailed information about your company, your website, and any other aspects of your operation that the potential buyers may want to find out about. Now, this should include for a pay site, a detailed inventory of your content, number of images and number of videos, how much of it is exclusive and how much is non-exclusive, financial information for at least the last three years if your company is that old. This should include sales reports, profit and loss statements, and billing reports. Get all the information organized in a legible format that a good broker can use to sell your property. Now, if you decide to sell it yourself, organize a list of potential buyers and start the process of contacting them. Be realistic about what your company is worth. In today's market, the kiss of death is overpricing your property. Is there anything a potential buyer needs to know, such as, are you being sued? Do you have any substantial debts? Etc. Don't let these things be a surprise to the potential buyer. They'll either find out before the sale and not buy, or they'll find out after the sale and you'll have a lawsuit on your hands. Disclose everything. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be talking to Tim Valenti of Naked Sword. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Alma from Vibio. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>